Evening, welcome to NUFC Matters. Notice I didn't say good evening, and as I normally do, um, I have been foaming all day. It's welcome to Mitch, welcome to Stu, and, and I, I'm sure some of you in the chat have been, some of you won't have been. Um, I, I literally have felt like just, you know, just kicking a bucket every time I've been, you know, walking around in the garden and stuff today. It's just been absolutely mental, but never mind. I don't know whether it's because of suffered a defeat for the first time whether it's because we got knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round again, something which I didn't think was going to happen this time round. Um, I've just, I don't know, I'll get over it and it'll get over it by tomorrow. And then by Tuesday, I'll be looking ahead, obviously, to Leicester in the quarterfinals. But uh, Mitch, I, I, am I the only person feeling like this? Good question. I mean, firstly, before I start, just a big thank you to everybody for that kind of messages over the last few days, both yeah. to myself and to me, Dad. Really appreciate it. Um, this is when Newcastle United is a family, and that's what it feels like, and, and I'm really appreciative for, for that. Um, and maybe it's my mindset at the minute that I'm not as angry as, as I thought I would be. I'm quite philosophical about it. Um, all we've seen is what we've known. We've known that we needed squad depth. We've known that beyond maybe... 12 or 13 players, there's a bit of a gap. We've known that would hit a bump in the road one day. Would we rather that bump in the road be in a cup competition, whereby we suddenly, if we progress to the next round, we're in three competitions and we definitely don't have the squad depth to cope with that. Um, some of the people shouting the loudest have been the ones that have been saying all of this for the last however many months we've been riding high in the Premier League. Um, would we rather this bump came in the cup run and, and let we get sorted and squared away um, to concentrate on the league? Which is an old cliche. Like you, I'm not happy that we're out in the third round of the cup again, definitely. I think I'm probably less angry than I would have been when knew something like this would come along to deal with. Does it strengthen Eddie's how Eddie Howe's hand here in January now to turn around and say, right, well, look, you've seen what's happened. <laughs> we're going to get injuries. We're going to get loss of form. We need something extra in the mix here yeah, this January. Um, and then there's other things sort of hanging around the argument and the discussion. Um, and I think it's about time the club um, sort of... It, 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 it's going to give Eddie Howe and the management team time to sit down and discuss a number of different things going forward that could, in the long run, could benefit us as a club and as a squad and as and going forward. So maybe I'm just happy it hasn't happened at the hands of Man United, Man, United, Man City, Chelsea or somebody like that. Um, and we can look at where we're at in the league. Uh, because when you make that many changes and there is a gulf between the players you're bringing in and the main squad, then perhaps the hunger wasn't quite there and maybe it's perhaps the ability certainly wasn't there. Um, super frustrating. And another, and, and another day, mate, we'll win. If you look at the stats, if you look at the possession, if you look at the shots, um, I think the keeper made a fantastic save from Isaac. I think the, the hand strength to keep that, that header out 
at that range. I think many keepers would have just palmed that into the back of the net. And so there's things like that, sort of the what-ifs, if moments, the sliding doors moments. It, it could have been a different game. Um, but the reality is, is we're out and we're off, so we've got to deal with it. Stu, um, I think you've had a different mindset to me uh, since last night. I mean, the text message you sent uh, in the WhatsApp group, I think, laid down your feelings um, you know, pretty clearly to us. Care to share them with the viewers? Uh, I can't because they're on this phone that I'm using. <laughs> uh, but the point I'm trying to get at is we've massively overachieved and I think we need a bit of balance and perspective because irrespective of the result, the team that was put out last night was strong enough to win that game. And as Mitch just rightly said there, there was a few good saves, a few missed chances, etc. But we're out of the cup, so that's it. But... For balance and perspective, these are the two words I'm going to be using today, is the best time we've had of support in Newcastle United in our lifetimes has been the Keegan years. And Keegan never got past the quarterfinal in any competition, yet we still reminisce on how wonderful that period was. Also, yesterday was our second defeat of the season. This time last year, we hadn't even won twice. You know, So we have to have the balance and perspective there to think, well... Yeah, it's not nice losing to a lower league team. It's not the first time I'm sure it won't be the last time. Uh, but those players who started the game should be apologising to the ones that come on because they had to come on and try and salvage something. And, you know, we, we've all known that the, the squad, not the depth, because they get 25 players like everyone else, the, the ability on, out, out with, I would say, out, out with 15 players, the, there's a big, gap there. That's the championship players that are left. That's like Steve Bruce's team that are left. And we can't change it all in one window. We all knew that. Or two windows or three windows. It's going to be a work in progress where you know, as I've repeated on many occasions you've got to, if you're adding to the top, you'll take out the bottom. So you'll, you'll have quality players that have played very well for us this season in the starting 11. That will be squad players next season, the season after, etc, etc. You know, with Anything that we sign to go into the first team will be top-notch. So what we can't do is, or what we shouldn't do, is behave. You know, we, we lambasted the uh, Arsenal fans for their precious attitude about how they deserve to have three points before the game got kicked off. Well, aren't we just doing that from yesterday? We deserve to win because we're in Newcastle. And little Sheffield Wednesday gave us a bloody nose. We went there, too many changes, agreed. But again, I will repeat that the, the team that we put out should have been more than enough to see off a first division team. It's not. It wasn't. And had he went full strength yesterday, as some people are suggesting, said, you said, Steve, in the chat, what happens if he does that and someone got sent off or someone got injured? Mm. And then it'd be like, oh, come on, the quarterfinal was a bigger game. So he's in a position, anyhow, where he has to make the choices. He gets paid well enough to make the choices. And he, he makes a hundred times more right choices than he does wrong choices. So although I'm really upset we got out of the cup because I had 25 quid on us to win it, at the same time, have we got a squad that could keep us in the Champions League places and continue in the, in the League Cup as well? So now Tuesday, I know it's a coined phrase, but it is our most important game of the season. Win that, we'll get the bounce back and, and off we go again in the league lose that and then you know the I wouldn't say the wheels have come off but you know you, you, the the near CS will be getting louder and louder and louder so just accept it that we got beat 
we will get beat again this season for sure, on at least probably more than one occasion. It was fantastic when it went, but it, we should actually be praised of the massive overachievement he's done with average players to, to get them to the position where we're third in the league, sitting there um, with a relatively easy run of fixtures ahead of us as well. We can solidify our place at the Champions League uh, in the Champions League slot. So take Sheffield Wednesday on the chin and move on to Tuesday. That's the way I see it. I understand that. Um, I mean, the chat, the chat, I wouldn't say a split. I think a lot of people are just disappointed. Um, and I mean, I think we've probably got enough from, from this whole game. We could probably discuss quite a few things in, in this whole show. So apologies if we don't get to people's questions tonight. There's quite a few things I'd like to discuss um, about yesterday's game. Um, let's start with Dubravka, Mitch. Um, mm. In the build-up to the game, uh, we knew Dubravka was back at the club. I think we all um, expected um, if there was going to be a change that it would be Darlow or Carrius, who was still at the club. Um, well, at least we're led to believe he's still at the club. Uh, but it wasn't. It was Dubravka. And I think there was a lot of head scratching because automatically that means that Dubravka's going nowhere. Um, clearly, Howe has a relationship with him, a good relationship with him. Um I don't think he had a bad game. He, he, he probably, if anything, kept us in the game yesterday. Mm. Pulled off a couple of really, really good saves. I, I, when we'll see him again, I don't know. He'll not play Tuesday. That's for certain. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. What was your take on that? Some people saying he shouldn't have played because of because of what he what he was alleged to have said when he went to Manchester United um, and the fact that he wanted to go there. What, what's your take? Should should Debravka have played yesterday? It, it... For me, the only thing it does is it raises questions over that weird move to Man United. What was the driving force behind that? And who was the driving force behind that? And therefore, when he's decided that the grass wasn't greener and he's come back, um, where um, has been the whole engine behind that? Has it been an agent um, putting stuff in his head, promising him in the earth and then delivering him uh, Chelmsford, because you know th th this is what agents do. Sometimes we know they do. Uh, we've seen it plenty of times before. How many players have we we had? Remember Ollie Bernard's agent who told him he was off the play for Juventus and this, that, and the other, and he never did. Um, and so you, it, it really, for me, that's the question: is what was that all about? Because if you're now happy to come back because we're not fighting relegation and you're on the bench, but because we're in the Champions League places and you're on the bench. Is that your motivation? I, I, I just really don't get it. But it does show that how, as many of the other players who have been away from the club on loan, even Kieran Cox talked about this recently, how keeps a relationship with everybody that's associated with the classic any football club and one relationship or more that. Um... And therefore, the dressing room must be happy to have him back in. Because he's straight back into the the, the, the first 11, playing a albeit weak inside. Um, it, it, that's the only thing that, that's got my head scratching about whether whether it's relevant about whether he goes because he shouldn't play because he's now cup-tied and devalues him or not. I think these days that's irrelevant. I really do. Um, there's a number of players... I played in this third round that you could say the same thing about at other clubs. So I don't think that's a modern day argument. It probably shows 
how little regard many people have for the FA Cup these days, uh, which is sad, but it is how it is. Okay, uh, another penalty for Man City and another goal by Mares. Uh, Man City for Chelsea nil. Six minutes plus stoppages left on the clock down there as Chelsea go uh, <laughs> bombing out of the FA Cup, just like. Steve's well. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's just bombing out the FA Cup like Steve's just bombed out of this chat. <laughs> <laughs> where do you well, stand on Dubravka, Stu? What's yeah, your thing? I'll answer the Dubravka question when Steve sorts his cell out. Is, uh, I'm, I'm split, really. I'm split. I, I mentioned, was it last week on Jordy's here? Jordy's there. I'm uh, not that mm. used to it, remember much of it anyway, but uh, it was more of. <laughs> <laughs> More of the the fact that I was trying to defend him that that he was a Slovak going to Man United and historically he was, I think it was the first one and it was a big thing to say oh. while through his childhood Man United. So I understand why he was trying to support support uh, show support of them and he probably did leave under a cloud a bit huffed because his number one place was taken off him. Um, However, on the flip side of that, I had actually also, when we did the Dream Teams a couple of years ago, well, about 18 months ago, I did my my Dream Team with Steve for the Newcastle players. I put Dubravka as my keeper. But the reason behind that was because I wanted, for the five decades I supported Newcastle, I wanted to have some a representation from each decade. And then this was pre-takeover. There was nobody in, mm. that, in this decade of the 20s that stood out to... To actually say, right, he's he's worth a place in an All Star Eleven. So for me, Dubravka, he made some crucial saves. He was worth about ten or fifteen points a season to us when we were battling this deal, and and that's that's why I put him in. Now he's he's come back in now, and it's everything I'm going to say that was hypothetical, uh, but it'll be that would give me an opinion that Darlow the feel is the more sellable asset, and they can get money mm. quicker for for Darlow. But I'm not, I'm not against Dubravka being a number two because I rated him as a number one. You know, so it's if if he's come back in with his tail between his legs and and fitted back in and accepted he's going to be number two. Because see, I don't want to be number two here when he was number three at Man United and we're sitting above him in the league. So, you know, maybe he's 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 went off. He's he's had time to calm down, reassess himself, uh, and he gets his head down, works hard. Pope's still number one unquestionably now, isn't he? So on, on that basis, he's going to have to accept he's going to be number two uh, to Nick Pope. And had had he made a, a save or two last night, we might have been into the the hat for the draw today. So he would have got another game because for sure he's not going to be played on Tuesday unless there's something wrong with the Pope. But I just think from last night they, would, they rested all the World Cup players. You know they didn't want them playing when they unnecessarily and. I think Eddie Howe was let down by whatever you call it, the reserves, the shadow squad, uh, whatever. But with uh, Dubravka, I've got no comments on being number two, but I was annoyed the way he behaved when he went to Man United. Okay, sorry for that, lads. Uh, internet issues at this end. Uh, Isaac um, is the next uh, topic I wanted to, to talk about, Mitch. And, and uh, you know, he's had a long layoff. Um, from our perspective, we, you know, we expected to see him back quicker, but. Um, you know the the news that was coming out of St James's Park was a bit sketchy, uh, but once we we heard the the story, you I think were one of the first on on any of these Newcastle podcasts to say, look, grade grade two T 
tear means a longer layoff. And, you know, that gave us a bit of clarity. And it was good to see him back. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the run out told us a lot about him again, you know, would, it's certainly against lower league opposition. But, um, you know, a good save by the goalkeeper prevented him from getting on the score sheet again. Um, not a bad return. I didn't think, and and plenty plenty optimism in, in what he's going to bring to the team for me. Yeah, I mean he's, he's a handful. There's no doubt about that. Um, didn't look as rusty as I thought he might either. Um, I find it strange. Forty-five minutes was that always the plan? You know, was the thinking he would get every, would get everything done in the first forty-five, um, and then just be able to, to, to course the second. Uh, I. I I find 45 minutes a strange amount of time. Um, unless they're really, really having to baby. And, and uh, that question's for me. Should he have even started? And and so um, I think that's part of the frustration of last night. I think what we're looking forward to see, seeing Isaac come back, um, looking forward to see the player that pretty much single-handedly should have um, yeah, bar, bar from a stupid VAR decision, he would have single-handedly demolished Liverpool. And we were looking forward to seeing a little bit of that, I think. And we didn't quite get that. But like I said before, that keeper, that keeper's would save that. That was a really, really good save. Um, and it, it, again, sliding doors moment if that goes into a different game. Uh, I would like to see Woody have just stuck with a 45 in different circumstances, but it sounds like that was always the game plan for me. Um, and I do find that a bit odd, but obviously they're being careful with him. He's got 45 wins under his belt and he hasn't appeared wearing, you know, bandages or in a, in a, on a crutch or anything like that. So we've got to take the positives where we can. Yeah. Uh, what was your take on Isaac's performance yesterday, Stu? It was good to see him back. Uh, it was interesting that he kept drifting off to the left. And I think that's his more natural position, like an old-fashioned inside left, isn't it, rather than a direct centre-forward. So I don't know if he's going to fit in that role on the, on the left of the top three. But then again, it comes to the, is he going to be doing the tracking back? But I expect us to get stronger as the season goes on as a team. And... Someone like that, the ability he's got, you could see his class was there. But I, I want to say something that will put the cat amongst the pigeons and probably lead us on another topic. I reckon Chris Wood would have finished ahead of that Isaac missed. How about that? Ah, normally, uh, just to let you know, by the way, Stevenage have just scored two goals in four minutes. Villa one, Stevenage two. Um, That's a shame. Man City four 0 up. A couple of minutes left. Uh, one minute left um, in that game as well. Uh, Chris Wood. Um, I've got to be honest, I've been a big supporter of Chris Wood, as everybody knows, throughout um, his time at Newcastle. Um, I've seen a lot of the things uh, on on you know on social media, obviously lots of things which have been sent on various WhatsApp groups. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's starting to become almost indefensible. Um, he's had he's had yeah, apart from penalties, Mitch, he, he just doesn't seem to be able to hit a barn door at the minute. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing. Whether it's, uh, you know, I, I really just don't know. It, it's really disappointing. And that, that chance yesterday, uh, and the chance against Leeds in particular, there's three points and there's Newcastle back, you know, still in the FA Cup and, and a chance of a replay. You know, for me, 
two two crucial opportunities missed by Chris Wood. Not the only one. I could I could pick out Matt Ritchie yesterday. I could pick out Joe Linton yesterday. Um, I could pick out you know a few people. Twenty two shots on target, one goal. So it's not just Chris Wood's fault that we lost yesterday. Um, but but you know he doesn't seem to be in a great run of form, and it's not helping it. It's not helping those of us who who tend to defend them on a week to week basis. No, and, and and if you look at that shot that he missed, he, I think the, the, I was watching Danny and Steve and Duda, and, uh, and and as soon as the ball come to him, Andy said he's missed this, <laughs> and it's and it was like well, where did that go? He says, look at his body shape when you see the replay. Yeah, and he's absolutely right. His body shape was over the place. Um, everything doing everything you're told not to do when taking a shot on target. I think you make the nail. Is there a, is there a confidence issue there? Got to be. Uh, you know, we're talking about confidence. Is that the that the problem? I really don't know, mate. Um, I don't like turning our own players because I've seen how many players get scapegoated in the eighties. You know, and I don't like it. But at the same time, um, we're now raising questions. I think Stu's right. I think there's there's a header. I think Wood would have scored that and would have ahead of Isaac, most definitely. Um, and you could see against Arsenal, when Wood came on the pitch, the one thing that the two Arsenal centre-backs didn't want to do was challenge him in the air. In fact, twice I seem to remember the Arsenal centre-backs stepping back and allowing the ball to bounce, which is, from a defensive point of view was criminal because they saw Wood coming. And, and so he has a value... For the sake of again against Leeds as well, you know, they're two shots that really he's paid as a striker and he should be able to finish those or at least warm the goalkeeper's hands. You know, make the keeper make a blinding save. Um, but it wasn't just him, you're right, however many shots on target and uh, in 70 odd percent of the possession. Elliot Anderson hit the keeper when it was probably harder there to do that than it was to stick the ball in the back of the net. So it's not just Chris Wood. There's a number, you know, there's a number of people you could point fingers at, but because this seems to become now it's crept in as a running theme with his game. Really good lad, lovely to have around the squad. Takes a hell of a penalty, but can I do no else? And that's a worry. Um, but again, he's like many of these players. He's a player that that Eddie Howe seems to value having around in the squad, and I think it's something. We've got to show a little bit of the togetherness that that dressing room's showing at the minute and, and, and sort of deal with it. Okay, Stu, you brought up Chris Wood, uh, so I can't be accused of bringing it up this time. Um, but yeah, and I get what Julie's saying in the chat. Um, you know, a lot of I've seen a lot of stuff getting shared on social media. Uh, there's one thing sharing it personally and privately on your own phone and, and getting things and we can all have a little snigger at this and that and the other and it becomes, you know, becomes a little thing on social media. It's a lot different. And, you know, players are looking at it. Chris Wood's on Twitter. Um, you know, he, he, he has to have completely ignored his phone today if he hasn't seen some of the stuff that's been going around. Um, that's not going to do him any good um, at all, really. Uh, and, from, and from my perspective... Yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I am disappointed, and and it will ease. And by tomorrow, like I said, I'll be looking ahead to Leicester, and you know, it, it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish, and we'll park the FA Cup now until next year. But 
you know, Chris Wood, you know, was just as culpable as as, as other people, as, as we've said, you know, Anderson, I forgot about that one. Anderson at least tested the keeper with a, a, another shot, of course, but it's just disappointing and it's it's got to be a confidence thing, Stu. Absolutely, there's, there's, there's no doubt it was, a, it was a bad miss, but I think everyone who's watched the game, there was a few misses, uh, to me, I, I don't think it was as bad as made out, it's just he's the scapegoat at the moment and it's easy to jump on it. But it's the same people criticising him who uh, are the ones that defended St Maximum when it, his uh, commitment, shall we say, was questioned. So you can't have it both ways. But Chris Wood, if you look at, we've all played football, and if you're right-footed, you want the ball coming in from the left so it comes across your body and you can hit it. It's coming in from the right onto his right foot. That's not making an excuse. This, this is what I'm going to say now is an excuse. I think it hit the same bubble as Gary McAllister's penalty did against England when he was there for Scotland in Euro 96 and just jumped up a little bit. So just putting a bit of humour in the fact that it bobbled or whatever, but he leant back. We get taught at a young age, get your head over the ball and hit it. And to me, he snatched at it. I think maybe he's guilty of trying too hard, but he was never brought in to be the person to lead our charge into the Champions League or to win trophies with us. He was brought in to uh, help us stay up and play a certain role in the team last season. And he did that. And we should be grateful for for, for the efforts he's made and not slapping him about silly. But the, the guy is third-choice striker. If Wilson and Isaac are fully fit, he wouldn't even probably be in the squad, the starting squad, sorry, the, the starting team anyway, but probably not even on the bench. So he's there to help us out until we've got other replacements that are you know, that will come in, that will benefit the team. And if if he is, even if he's not on Twitter and even if he's not looking at his Twitter or the the lads have got a WhatsApp group, haven't they? They'll be taking a piss out of a minute anyway, you know. But the, the, there was a many misses, and, but it, it's just his got picked up. And unfortunately for him, he didn't score it. He needed a goal. He needs a goal in open play. He needs to just get that monkey off his back, I suppose, because he seems to be running slow. He seems to be lacking more. Like it is, it's just pure lack of confidence. And in a striker and a goalkeeper, these are the two most important factors, is the confidence, isn't it, in those two positions. So him without his, without his confidence, that's it. But who else was going to be playing there yesterday? Would have put Joe Lint up front and then everyone would have cried about that. You know, so... He's, he come on, he's done his bits, he's, he's a, he was a replacement for Isaac. I'm quite sure that Callum Wilson will start on Tuesday if he's fully fit and Isaac will get a cameo again and we won't see Chris Wood for a while as long as the two stay fit. But just remember what he's done for us and I think we should be grateful. Yeah, he's missed a shot, but show us what's that Malcolm McDonald says, never be scared to miss. Well, this guy's frightened of nothing because he does miss quite a bit, but at the same time, He's still going. He still puts himself out to do it. So it, what you don't want is a strike in that position to stop it, control it and try and pass it. And everyone's screaming, why don't you shoot? He's, he's swung his leg at it. He's got his body position wrong and the balance wasn't right. And it's gone over. But again, I could point to three or four uh, other incidents when we should have scored. Or uh, chances that, in my opinion, were, were just as easy. But that's it. Let Chris would be. That, that's my message. Yeah, I would say the same. Um, yeah, Villa out. Um, yeah, it's 
it's more frustrating to see Manchester United knock Chelsea, uh, Manchester City knock Chelsea out, and then knowing that they're going to probably end up playing Arsenal. And there's another big team out, you know. It's another cup we could have been in contention with this season, especially not having any European football. See, I'm still angry. Uh, anyway, I'm going to play the ads for halfway through the show. A big thank you to all of our sponsors, as always. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com and our website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensaries, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. You can find them at the gohd.com. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. And you can find them at mrvickies.co.uk. If you want to make an order, give them a call on 01768 210102 or email info at mrvickies.co.uk. Thanks to Blowhole Breweries. You can get a selection of beers and uh, the cans are in the uh, design of the old Newcastle United entertainers strips. Blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks to Melly's Carpets and Beds. Laying our reputation, one recommendation at a time. The best quality around at the cheapest prices. Melly's Beds and Carpets.co.uk. Email sales at Melly's Beds and Carpets.co.uk or give Melly a call on 01670-632216. And thanks to United Group Travel Limited, UK Coach Holidays in Morbeth, 01670-362216. 460 or mobile 07957-141-654. Graham, your driver, Beverly answering your calls and looking after you on your tour. Some great deals coming up there. Get yourself onto the website to check them out. Thanks also to Media Arts, who uh, do all of our videos and help us with the technological side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the channel, then hit the subscribe button below. Hit the thumb up, which is the like button, which does us a big favor with the algorithm. And click share. Share it to Newcastle United, Facebook groups, or Twitter accounts, or your own social media to help our community grow. And if you want to join the channel, hit the join button. And for as little as $1.99 a month, you can get some members-only videos and chances to win some fantastic prizes. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. Don't forget as well that we do events through NUFC Matters. And this one is the next event coming up, Friday the 24th of February, an evening with Newcastle United legend Steve Howie. Friday the 24th of February, Tyneside Irish Centre, and tickets are available at £50 from newcastlelegends.com. If you also go into Woucher and search for the event, you can pick up a bargain on there. Don't forget, we also support the Food Bank on this channel, www.nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can find the Match Day Bucket. You can make a virtual donation to the Match Day Bucket 365 days of the year to keep helping the Food Bank in Newcastle. Okay, uh, plenty to talk about tonight um, after Newcastle United exited the FA Cup uh, yesterday uh, against Sheffield Wednesday by two goals to one. Uh, just getting away from the football side of things, I just want to read this out, which was um, 
from from Tom Lynch earlier on in the chat. He says, uh, even in everyone, most people will probably talk about the match, but most of us who were at the match yesterday will know how awful it was at the ground. Appalling stewarding and policing. I was in the uh, upper, uh, and it was bad, but apparently even worse in the lower tunnels too. After everything that's happened at that ground, it seems little has been learned. How on earth does it get a safety certificate? Um, fans funneled between barriers with little stewarding causing crushing and congestion, crammed concourses far too small for the capacity, and it was an ordeal getting to the seats. It's unsafe. If that stand is still there, then it should have its capacity halved. Um, I'll not be going back to Hillsborough unless it's redeveloped. It's the worst ground that I've been to. Wow. Um, that sends chills down my spine, Mitch. Uh, reading Tom's assessment of uh, Hillsborough <clears throat> because of all the grounds, that should be where the lessons have been learned. I've seen um, two or three things on social media today. Interesting to get that from Tom first time because I know Tom very well. Um, and very interesting to hear his insights into that. Also interesting to see uh, Thomas Gulcannon from uh, trusting from the FSA, asking for people's opinions today as well. Because looking at certainly a couple of Twitter threads of it today, some of the Sheffield Wednesday fans have responded to it in what I feel is a very snide manner about mind your own business and it's our ground kind of thing. But that does disrespect to uh, everybody who uh, was affected by the Hillsborough disaster. And if there's still a potential for something like that to happen at that ground, that end or that stand doesn't need just redevelop it, it needs to the ground. Um, start again, please. Because if there's still a problem with a tunnel, like I believe there's still a problem with Crystal Palace with a tunnel there. These tunnels, everything, time immemorial here, over and over again, there's always close to an incident, something on the edge. In all of these older grounds, which have these sort of tunnel-type accesses into the stands and then funnels out the wrong way, as it were. And it sounds like it's exactly the case of that. I've read about people having to pick their kids up to get them out of the crush. Um, I hate being personally in anything like that. It freaks me out massively. Um, and I think uh, it certainly needs looking at, but nothing will be looked at. Yeah. Uh, you know... Look at this, right. the, the, the state of the pitch tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in Hillsborough. That's a pitch that probably costs about four thousand pounds really. Um, and it, it really does need it now. Uh, they don't have that money to do that. At the minute, this is, this is reality. And so probably nothing we've done about it. But I find it interesting that fans from other clubs who've been there recently in larger numbers are coming out with similar stories. And so that's not a good thing at all. You, not good to hear, is it? No, it's it's not, and it's not the first time it's been said. And as you mentioned there, that ground, that stand, the Leppin Lane stand, that should, if any time you could excuse police or stewards for being overzealous, it would be there, wouldn't it? Yet there seem to be not enough of them. There seem to be a lack of care and attention. Uh, and it's it's not just since the Hillsborough disaster. Uh, I remember the, the heed went with his dad. It was only a few months before, so it was Boxing Day. Uh, so that would have been Boxing Day in 96. 
when we, I think we drew two each there, Darren Jackson had scored. Uh, I might be wrong with the score, but you know, I think two each rings a bell with us. And it was, they came back telling the same story that it was cramped and people were getting crushed and that, and that was, that was like a warning. So it's, it's like people haven't learned, but when you have such a horrific thing as, as what happened and, and those 97 people never come back, you, you, this is why we're all down when we're going to stadiums, we're sitting down. Yeah. And it seems like, okay, we'll put some seats there, but the, the, the stand, the, the ground, to me, it's a reflection on the club. It's in disarray. It's in, it needs an urgent lift uh, because Sheffield Wednesday are a much bigger club than a first division club. Uh, they always work. They were, they were always a big team. And it's just like they've been let adrift. Uh, and it would be nice for them to, to get promoted this year and solidify themselves in the championship and hopefully get to the Premier League uh, in, the, in the coming years. Because uh, to me, they do deserve it. But uh, the stories that, not just what Tom said there, but other other sets of fans, other people who were there yesterday, have all said the same thing. And it's, you know, the, it, the, it's unacceptable. I don't think I can think of another word. It's unacceptable that that's happening. And if you find them, what happens in the, the cup? You know, it's... There's a, there's a duty of care here. It's negligent, that's what it is. And it needs to be looked at with immediate effect. But we, you had something similar at Leeds as well, didn't you, Steve, last season? Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, luckily I wasn't caught up in it because I got into the ground early, but there was very similar at Leeds to the point where people didn't actually go in on their own tickets. People were that crushed that they were having to pass tickets back for people to get in and people were passing tickets forward and just to get through those you know, archaic bloody turnstiles that they've got down yeah. there. And it's this is the problem. Big clubs with old grounds um, who yeah. attract big crowds equals danger. And, you know, that's, yeah, it needs addressing. Um, it's not sour grapes because we got knocked out of the cup uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Any Sheffield Wednesday fans watching, it's something which our supporters trust now is, is certainly looking at. Um, I would suggest that Tom, if he hasn't already, goes on nufc.com they've got the uh, the address for the the trust who are compiling uh, some uh, statements witness statements uh, to pass on uh, to the football club because Sheffield Wednesday will have to look at this because it is a serious issue yeah. and um, hopefully things get sorted conscious of the time do want to move on from that but thanks for drawing that to our attention Tom do want to talk about ESM Mitch um, early morning yesterday we were getting a lot of messages backwards and forwards between us as I'm sure other podcasters were about um, ASM not being on the bus and uh, not going to be available for selection and had an argument with Eddie Howe and this, that and the other. I mean, the one thing we managed to establish from all of those rumours, and I, I insist that they were rumours, were that, you know, the bus hadn't travelled yesterday. Um, it had travelled the day before. And from all intents and purposes, ASM, um, you know, whether he travelled or not, uh, certainly didn't sound as if he'd had any kind of altercation with Eddie Howe. But, uh, you know, as we've mentioned on the show on numerous occasions, uh, you know, since the takeover, very rarely do any stories come out of the club these days. Very rarely, um, which is a good thing. And the communication from the club is spot on. Uh, I don't want to go down the speculation route. I just want to, I just want to know, you know, what you think is wrong with the SM? Um, because, you know, ultimately, you know, Callum Wilson was ill. Has he picked up an illness from him? Is that maybe the suggestion? You know, he's, he's posted on Instagram now. Uh, but we all expected ASM to be there yesterday. We all expected him to start. 
he looked fine um, the other night when he was warming up on the bench. Um, you know, but you know, no, no show again from ASM, and you know, the huge question marks getting laid over his over his future. And it, perhaps it's a bit unfair. Maybe he's been ill and he hasn't played, and he's just going through a run of bad injuries and bad luck. What, what, what was your take on the whole ASM um, thing, and, and can he change? On the absolute face of it, being told by the manager that he hasn't done this, that's the party line, and that's officially what everybody should stick with. You're right, there's not a lot getting out of the club now at all um, when it comes to things like that. Um, ASM's put himself in a position whereby there's a lot of people who can quite easily point fingers and say there's no smoke without fire. Um, what I would say is that we've got a load of really good professional journalists who follow Newcastle United and follow stuff up. And this is where some of them could maybe be in their, their corn. Um, it shouldn't be down to, to... And it's easy if somebody says, look, I've had this message from such and such and this is what it says. We could do that every day about something <laughs> and create a lot of problems and a lot of controversy. We try very hard not to do that um, because... Um, I don't think that benefits us as a fan base. ASM's got to the point where he's almost a divisive character. That, the, you know, you start to criticise him and the amount of people who suddenly will back him up because he's got a very savvy uh, social media team as well. You don't see many players posting the way he does. Um, and rightly or wrongly, that gets him a following and a backing. And people are ready to back into the hill. Um, I still come back to my opinion on ASM is I want to see him doing it on the pitch in a black and white shirt on a regular basis because there's a hell of a player in there. Um, when he came out at Arsenal, Kieran Trippier seemed to have a very long chat with him. Um, interesting what that was all about. Um, it, it, it is as the time goes on, he becomes more of an enigma. And as time goes on, that doesn't help himself. Um, it's frustrating. It's very easy in the circumstances that be some of our fans will turn around and point figures, you know, well, you know, he's created a problem and that's why we went out, the, out the, against the Sheffield Wednesday. Well, there was 11 other players on the pitch who helped to do that. <laughs> um, and, and we should have done it. We shouldn't have needed him there. That was a game we should have been able to say, well, you have a rest because we're excuse me, should be able to put this away, no problem. But it's, um, yeah, super frustrating, the whole situation around him now. It's almost like when you start to talk about and you're, you're treading on the lily pads across the lake because there's somebody going to wait in around the corner to clip a, clip a few seconds of what you said in a video and turn it into something exceptionally negative. If 99% of what you said is positive and then that 1% is maybe a bit of criticism, somebody's prepared to use that. And, and take it, and uh, that's not too uh, useful either. But it just shows how um, divisive and 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 the character he's become. And I find that frustrating. Is we shouldn't be sitting talking about ASM. What's up with him? What's wrong? Has there been a fallout? This and the other. We should be saying, Hey, did you see that thunder bastard he scored from twenty five yards? Hey, did you see when he turned that? pullback inside out and they're still digging him out the pitch now. You know, that's what we should be talking about because we know we could and that's what frustrates us about. So I hope if he's well and fit and in the team on Tuesday 
he turns around and does what he said in his social media post about New Year, New Him, and you're going to see the best of him. How are you then? Let's see. Yeah, Stephen Kennedy says, before the story broke yesterday morning, Maxi posted the night before his usual love of the club and the fans tweet. Was this him getting in first? I mean, he's since posted a... You know, another thing where he's watching the lads on telly behind, you know, behind you all the way kind of thing, you know, even when I'm not there. And, um, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, Paul Monroe's support war maxi, not tittle-tattle. Um, he's definitely somebody who uh, ultimately, you know, splits the support. There's no doubt about it. Uh, what's your take on it, Stu, this whole ASM situation? Well, I think it would be wrong for me to say anything bad after the way I've defended Chris Wood. But... My opinion on Alan St. Maxwell is the same as it is on Chris Woods, it's the same as on every player who plays for this team. They deserve our full support when they're on the pitch, and when they're on the pitch, they should try their best. And that's the only bit that frustrates me. Uh, you can have the best social media team, you can have his Helios games or whatever. You know, that's by the by. As long as he's performing on the pitch, he owes us a big performance. And He's capable of giving us it. And I think that's where you, you find a lot of frustration amongst the fan base because we know what he's capable of. He's shown us on numerous occasions, uh, like the Man City game. He was unplayable that day. You know, he started off where he had his usual, I've been tackled, I'll lie on the ground for a bit, I'll start hobbling around for a while. And then something clicked in his head and thought, right, I can do this. This is my stage now. And he took that game by the short and curlies and he... And he Run, Kyle Walker, rugged. And that's the St. Max we want to see. That's what we should be talking about. As Mitch just said there, we want to be talking about how he scored from 25 yards or how he's made three assists or how, we, how he's put defenders on the backside with, the, with his mesmerising skills. Not not the other way around. You know, he gets touched and he's on his backside. And the, you can see sometimes also the frustration with the players because like, here we go again when the... the that role in that team, the way it is, you have to track back. If you look on the opposite flank, what uh, Almiron does, it tracks back. And if, you have to fit in. And he, he is capable of doing it. I mean, he's, he's got a tremendous physique. He's, he's obviously a very fit lad, isn't he? So the only thing that's stopping ESM, I, I believe, is ESM. And, and I really hope he, he gets a game on Tuesday, whether it be off the bench uh, I, but the way things are at the moment and reading between the lines I, I think at best he's going to be an impact sub for us until he can be trusted more uh, from the management so whether he was ill whether he'd nipped off to France whether he was I don't know he decided he didn't want to go he didn't travel with the squad and we shouldn't be talking about that we should, we should still be talking about the ones that did who weren't good enough so instead of blaming Chris Wood what about if people didn't go because they didn't feel like it or there was a I don't know a disciplinary reason you know there's loads of things that, that could be going on but uh, if St. Maxman's still with us by the end of the season he's going to have to get into that team or when he does get on the pitch show what he is capable of if he wants to be with us next season but that's not just for him, that's for any other player who's on the fringes of that starting eleven at the moment. And even some in that starting eleven. You know, so we are as a club on an upward trajectory and it's it's no good blasting one player and blasting another player. These are representing us. And it's not like it was a few years ago. The, the, they're all on there. Well, you see, all the vast majority of them are pulling in the same direction. Then it comes down to one thing, ability. And that's where how Dan Ashworth's going to prove his worth in this uh, in this window, I believe, 
because it's it's a new game for him as well. He's not at a, a I say it respectfully, a less fashionable club, a smaller club historically, like Brighton, where he can go under the radar and, and get players. Everything he does, transfer wise, is going to be under the microscope and on the back pages. So it's a big month for him as well. And I'm quite certain that having just started this month, think, all right, lads, we can sign people now. Who do you think we should go for? Let's put some names in the hat. They've been doing work on it for months. And if they can get the right people, they'll get them. If there's a, a, a suspicion of a chance of getting the right person to sign for us, they'll get that person. But uh, And I'm grateful that we've got this in place. And I'm also grateful that the, the way the team's playing and the way that we are, St. Maximin isn't a miss. Two seasons ago, we we were doing dreadful. We were dreadful without him. You know, we relied on him so much. So maybe it's a psychological thing with him. You know, in in his own mind, you know, I was the king. I had everyone cheering my name. And now these other people are getting all the plaudits. He's still got more talent than anyone else in that squad. He just needs to produce it on a more regular basis. So that can get chopped up and put in any way at once and... I'll see myself on Twitter. <laughs> I was time he's rubbish, but I've never said that at all. Yeah, okay. Um, last subject I really want to talk about today is um, Elliot Anderson. Um, and, you know, he played yesterday. Um, great save from a, from a shot that he, he made. He missed his sitter as well, um, you know, as others have done, as we've already covered on here. Um, a lot of people saying that he should really go out on loan. Um, Eddie Howe in his press conference before the game at the weekend uh, you know, said that that wasn't the plan that they weren't going to let him out on loan what, what's your feeling on that Mitch? Should, should he stay or should he go? This was really a huge chance for him to grasp the nettle and say drop us boss you know if you, you think the way he was praised for his performances against teams of Sheffield Wednesday's level um by Joey Barton when he was at Bristol Rovers, this was a perfect stage for him to take it by the throat and say, come on, I'm going to show you what I can do. And I can't, he kind of did in flashes. But he wasn't consistent enough throughout the game. Um, yeah. And I know people have said he's age, um, but more and more you see players of this age going out and expressing themselves at all of the top levels of the game. And I, I feel like he's missed a huge opportunity. I, I, I feel for him, you know. And I can see why people are saying, um, okay, then he hasn't done the business here. Maybe what we need to do is let him have a, um, a run of first-team games like he did when he was out on loan. But then it's finding the right team and then finding the right match because you, I don't think we should put him back. If he's going to go on loan, he shouldn't certainly go back to to League One, um, should he go to the Championship? Again, we know how hard a division that is, but it doesn't necessarily make you a better footballer. Um, or we're better keeping him under Eddie Howe and letting him develop under Eddie Howe. And we know he's going to be back to taking his chances when he can from the bench. Um, but I, do, I just really feel yesterday is a huge missed opportunity for him. Stu? I think he was guilty of trying too hard and he wasn't playing his natural game. He's trying to be more disciplined and and he wants to use the ball the way he's been told, not the way he wants to use it. And that's why a couple of passes went straight to start with. And once that happens, it's it's hard. You just need another touch as quick as possible, make it a good one. 
but the, the lad's clearly talented, and I know people say he should go on loan, but if he's going to progress with us in the future, to me, I think he needs to stay with the better players. You know, you can go and be a flat-track bully in the lower leagues, but if he's going to be a Premier League player, then he needs to be training and and match, well, at least uh, playing matches and practice with the, the standards. He's, he knows what level he's up against. Um, and we, we can't just judge him on, on one game. He has had a few niggles, anyhow, said that in his press conference. Uh, and so that's why he hasn't been used as much. But again, it, it's telling he can play on the left and he said he's not going anywhere. So with that, you've got to take that for face value and, and believe that the, the manager has faith in him. Because I certainly do. I think he's a huge talent. And had he scored yesterday, his confidence, he could have run the show. You know, he could have been the main guy. But again, he knows that he's not going to be a regular starter. And when, you, when you're in that position, sometimes you can't be guilty of trying too hard. So his, his more natural game will come. Uh, the, the more, I, I believe, he'll, he'll probably play a bigger role as the season goes on. He'll get a few more minutes at the, at the end of games when the games are hopefully safe and he, he can express himself in a, in a better way. But we need to keep the, the young lads here, you know, because how does that tell you to when you try to attract youths from around the world? Go up with this team and the ones, the good ones that we've got, we don't, we just get rid of. So it's, he's an important part of not just the team, but of Newcastle for the next few years. And as long as his attitude stays fixed and focused and he wants to keep improving, he will keep improving. And he's better, as I said, improving with people with the quality around him than, than going and dropping down the leagues and just being kicked. So keep him. Bad game yesterday, but he wasn't the only one by a long stretch. Yeah, Anderson lacked awareness last night, made some poor passes. Kenny Passon was the problem last night. I felt there was a few people misplacing passes. Lewis, again, somebody who I haven't really discussed tonight, uh, you know, who um, has, has had a, a long layoff, uh, looked a bit rusty, and um, certainly his passing left a lot to be desired. But it was a, it was a bad night at the office, but I still think eight changes was far too many. Um, and, and look, we all do we all do things differently. Eddie Howe gets paid to do that job. I don't. I can have an opinion on it, though, like everybody else can. Um, and I just genuinely think making eight changes was, was ludicrous last uh, last night. If he had any intention on on pushing forward and, and winning, um, you know, winning that game last night, I think eight changes was just too many. Three, four at a maximum. Um, and, and I guess listening to Eddie Howe, waking up this morning, he, he probably feels the same um, in the sense that he... You know, I think he's, I think the words he used last night were, uh, with hindsight, when you see the result, um, maybe I would have done things differently. So, you know, he's accepted it. We'll just move on. We'll park it. And, um, you know, we we just, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I did like this comparison. Uh, life goals. High Stone Cold, Ray Winston and John Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'll, 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 have, I'll, I'll have Stone Cold. That'll that'll do. Um, I think okay. Jojo's not too happy. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Uh, Tom Di Tom Dixon, a regular in the chat, and one of our mods, um, asks a simple question: uh, What's your predictions for Tuesday evening? And as we don't have a show between now and then, lads, I can ask you that question. So, uh, Mitch. The biggest game of the season by far. Newcastle quarterfinal against Leicester in the Carabao Cup at home for a place in the semi-finals. How do you see it going? I think we'll take heart in the big kit opening else we've just had this weekend and put them away too now. All right. Stu, are you as confident? I'm more confident. I, I think the 
The atmosphere, I just wish I could be back for the, for this game. I think the atmosphere is going to be amazing. Yesterday would have helped, believe it or not. It'll create that siege mentality. It'll make the players realise they're not invincible and they do have to do all the basics and everything that's needed to get there. And you copy, copy that, or couple that, sorry, with the atmosphere. Uh, I think we could blow them away early doors and it'll be like a bear pit, it really will. And if I think sure Leicester fans weren't happy with that result for us yesterday either, because they'd be thinking, oh, there's a backlash coming now. You know, had we just went through one nil, two one, whatever, they would have fancied, oh, we can go and get an upset. But now our full focus is on that game, and and I'm sure Eddie Howard's team are getting into every single one of these players' heads, and they'll come out and they'll all feel as tall as Dan Burn when they walk on that pitch. And the, the key factor is they all have to be as tall as when they're walking off the pitch. And I expect them to do that. Uh, you know what? I was I was going to do me 3-1, but I, I honestly think we'll, we'll thrash them 4-0. I, I can see this being a big performance. We haven't had one for a few weeks now. So, would you have been Leicester? Last time we played them at their place, that's only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? We destroyed them. Uh, the first half hour, and that was up there on, the, on their patch. And they'll come out and they'll, they'll try and... Nullify our nullify our attacks, but you can't just keep playing for a draw. You know, it's not the Premier League. This is a cup competition. We get the first goal; they have to come out, and we'll just pick them off. I expect us to be full strength, and our full strength is better than their full strength, as the league table shows. I'll be back tomorrow, um, probably in the morning, with Liam Kennedy. Uh, we've got to arrange a time yet, but Liam is going to be back on the show, giving us his views on uh, current affairs at Newcastle United. But as always, uh, absolute pleasure to share the screen with Mitch and uh, Stu. Keep a hold, Mitch. You know where we are if you need us, pal. Take care. Cheers, Thanks, man. Speak to you soon.